Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're glad you are here with us on this uh, Wednesday. This is a special report with Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the ISM's report on business for the non-manufacturing sector. I have with us uh, my co-host, Lou Wise, up in New Jersey. And, Anthony, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Always, always Always nice having the ISM people with us. So thank you for joining us. Anthony, I'm going to let you jump right into this report. It's a very good report. It's got a lot of positives in it, and so I want our listeners to uh, hear from the expert who chairs this committee. Go ahead, Anthony. Thank you. As we look at the release this morning, and the uh, NMI composite index for non-manufacturing came in at 57.5, which is just underneath the uh, high for the 12-month running total, uh, 57.6, which was back in February of uh, this year. And uh, overall, we had 16 out of the 18 industries reflect growth in the non-manufacturing sector. When we look at business activity at 62.4, that's a trend of 93 months that we've seen growth in business activity, uh, up 3.5 percentage points. So just to remind uh, those of you uh, that have heard this before, the composite index is made up of four indexes, business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries, each equally weighted. So when we look at new orders at 63.2, and that's also up substantially 4.3 percentage points, and that is a trend of 93 months as well. So what it's telling us is not only do we have good business activity, but in the pipeline for future uh, transposing into business activity, new orders at 63.2 also uh, bodes well for this sector. What we're seeing is Those that are all, uh, great, all great pieces of information. I'd like you to share, Anthony, with our listeners some of the comments of your respondents in a, in a report that is this strong. Well, when we look at what our respondents are telling us, and across the board, uh, the majority, I should say, is that business is good, uh, levels have been increasing, and I'll, and I'll give you some of those verbatim. But what we're getting in the aggregate is that for this period of time now versus last year, things are much better than they were uh, year over year. So uh, one I'll quote from the construction sector, business level increasing, more project inquiries are being received. Uh, right out of uh, healthcare and social assistance, beginning of Q2, business is profitable, maybe a bit slower than anticipated, opportunity still positive, and I correct myself, that's from finance and insurance. From healthcare, we have stable activity, waiting on healthcare reform and its impact on our organization, healthcare and social assistance, which uh, leads me to point out that from the comments of our respondents, the only uncertainty that they have right now, and I shouldn't say the only, but the uncertainty that they have is around what's going to happen in the healthcare arena, coupled with all the other geopolitical things that are happening. 
that tends to be the that seems to be the only thing that could possibly derail the strong uh, growth that we're seeing coming from the non-manufacturing sector. Uh, it, it's an interesting uh, point, uh, Anthony, that uh, about an hour ago, uh, I received a phone call from one of the manufacturing orgs who asked me if uh, our forge uh, company, All Metals and Forge Group, if in fact we are taking on any new business. And I thought that was a strange question. And I said, uh, yeah, we're always looking to take on new business. I said, why are you asking? And they said that a lot of their clients are having problems with uh, going to certain Ford shops who are not taking on business because they don't have the skilled labor to take on the work and their deliveries are out way beyond what their norm is. And they want to know if we're taking on business. So I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, also, the fact that there are just within the last 60 days, there are three uh, U.S. Ford shops that have filed Chapter 11. Um, I, I know this is off the topic of non-manufacturing, but uh, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, we're all part of the same economy, uh, so we're having problems with losing capacity and we're not having enough people to handle the work on the capacity that uh, they're looking to place. So I thought I'd just throw that in for whatever it's worth. Well, I think it's worth a lot. And I think that you hit on a very keen subject, something that I've been talking about uh, previously today, in fact, uh, as it relates to the employment, when you said the availability of skilled workers. And if you look at the employment index at 51.4, and it's down as far as the rate of growth ever so slightly by two percentage, uh, 0.2 percentage points. Right. And the question that was asked was, well, you know, employment, only 98,000 jobs were added. And I said, well, there's some constraints built in there. And we can look to our short supply section of this report. And skilled labor, is, as you touched on, Lou, skilled labor is tough. The labor pool is not there to draw from. And we're seeing it in construction, we're seeing it in healthcare, and we're seeing it in other specialized areas that have not attracted the uh, the, the workforce, or or there's too much capacity, or, or not too much capacity, but there's just those constraints that uh, there's not enough available workers. And um, you know, additionally, when you look at this, um, so it, I, I think it's really stunted the growth in the employment index. Yeah. It's true. Now, I, I notice uh, going to and from uh, work, I, I ride on uh, Route 80, which is a federal highway, and the trucks that I see, many of them have now put signs on their back end of the truck that they're looking for drivers. And I hear it on the news where they'll do uh, a broadcast for a commercial broadcast for truck driver school that they can't they can't get drivers. Oh, it makes sense. And and this sector is very reliant on overland trucking, sure. uh, having you know to deal with remote dispersed locations and uh, you know the whole distribution channel, which is covered by overland trucking, and uh, that goes hand in hand with with fuel costs and transportation costs. In addition sure. to uh, you know the employment uh, uh, factor, 
and naturally this does affect manufacturing and non-manufacturing sectors. Definitely. Yeah. You know, this is all interrelated. You see how the employment, how the how the prices is impacted, then you see deliveries slowing and backlog increasing, and then mm -hmm. that becomes the capacity issue. And the one thing that is imperative that if we stay at this rate of growth for this sector, something has to give. The employment needs to increase or else uh, then it does become a, a capacity issue. Well, Anthony, sure. you make an interesting point that even though uh, the ISM puts out two separate reports, the manufacturing and the non-manufacturing, they dovetail with one another. As Lou said, it's all one economy. So uh, I think our listeners have to pull both reports, even if they are in one side of the equation or the other, and uh, filter through both reports to really get a feel for what's happening in the economy. All of it's very good at the moment, but nonetheless, to get a good solid feel of it. Uh, Anthony, the, the production, the business activity on your report, new orders in the 60s, uh, low 60s, but 60s, is something that sustainable or is it going to likely bump down into the 50s? You know, I would I would tend to think uh, that um, it would bump down a little bit, but, you know, that new order is um, at 63.2. You know, as I mentioned previously, that translates into what business activity will be at a future date. What that cycle time is varies uh, according to industry and company, but I don't expect it to, to come off all that much uh, based on the numbers we're seeing right now. But I always like to say <clears throat> we need to see things trending out for, you know, three, four months to really get a good gauge on, on what's happening versus, you know, what may be, a bit of a head fake or a blip on the screen. I don't think that's this that's the case here in non-manufacturing because it's been relatively strong uh, for quite some time now. Anthony, let me just, uh, for clarity's sake, you had mentioned that new order number is an indicator of what's to come. And what's to come in which area? In business activity. And is it because new orders are what's in the pipeline that'll transpose into business activity, which also, as we see, these indexes are all interrelated, so it'll affect other yeah. things as well. Yeah, that's a very important number in that case. Yes, it is one of the leading indicators of this report. Wow, okay. We have to make a point. I noticed that. that you also cover transportation and warehousing in this report, uh, Anthony. Um, that again, it comes up in this discussion about supplier deliveries, and it comes up in manufacturing about supplier deliveries. Not only can they, are they having difficulty getting the goods to the dock if they're bringing them from overseas, but now they may have a problem getting them from dock to door. Uh, are you seeing any of that in your reports? We are, and, you know, it just further um, touches on the fact that you have to look at both reports because, as you look at the supply chain, both upstream and downstream, it's made up, it's, com it's, compri it's comprised of, of suppliers, providers in both sectors. And transportation and warehousing is a, is a key, uh, key uh, industry. And especially as we see the overland trucking uh, shortage that we've had in the past, as Lou mentioned, with drivers being short. And then we're seeing uh, fuel prices go up.
and with fuel at the pumps going up, that transposes into the prices index that we see in this report because we see the petroleum-based products as well as fuel and transportation costs directly impacting uh, the price index for the non-manufacturing sector due to that reliance on overland trucking. Not to talk about politics, because we don't generally like to uh, talk about <laughs> politics, but it's almost hard to, to talk about manufacturing and non-manufacturing today without talking about politics. It's kind of slipped in under our skin over the last couple of months. Mr. Trump is talking about increasing the gas tax for the purposes of uh, infrastructure rebuild. Um, that's going to have a major effect on logistics and transportation, uh, would it not? I didn't quite hear the last part of that question. Sorry, Lou. I said that the increase of federal tax on gas would certainly have a major impact on transportation and logistics, would it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it. Uh, I don't know exactly what the percentage was. I just had seen that yesterday morning myself. And, um, yeah, it would definitely add into the cost of doing business, for sure, cost of goods sold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think it's going to happen, but that, I'll just throw that in for what it's worth. Well, one of the arguments for it was that with the lower cost of fuel, that the increase could be absorbed at the pumps, uh, yet – we always see that that discretionary income is improved upon by uh, not just at the consumer level, but at the commercial level as well uh, when we see fuel costs drop down. Sure, sure. Anthony, in the non-manufacturing sector, and I talked a little bit yesterday with uh, Dr. Chris Keel, who is uh, an economist who follows Brad Holcomb on our show. We talked about an overused phrase, which will probably get dumped from the lexicon by year end, but headwinds to non-manufacturing, are there any headwinds that anybody anticipates? Not not at this juncture. I, I still think, going back to what I was mentioning earlier, that what we look at in, in for non-manufacturing is some of the geopolitical concerns that are out there, uh, what's going to happen in North Korea, what's going to happen in the Middle East? Is there going to be any, you know, God forbid, terrorist attacks, uh, you know, nationally uh, within the, this, the borders of the, of the U.S.? Anything that could uh, derail um, this, this, this positive momentum that we're seeing in the non-manufacturing sector? You know, uh, you know, with natural disaster. Uh, putting that aside, right now there's nothing that looks to be uh, an impediment uh, for the, for the non-manufacturing sector. You know, I think that there are there is also uncertainty around uh, uh, what's going to happen with with healthcare. Um, it, there's uh, no one knows. It, you know, it's uh, is it going to go to a vote or not? And you know, the insurance companies have been pulling out of um, the affordable care sites, and so it's just a lot of balls up in the air right now. And depending on where they land and how it impacts this sector uh, is still to be determined. Now, in this sector is mining, and before we went on the air, you and Lou were talking about mining. Um, I know that President Trump has uh, backed off some of the regulations on mining, 
How is mining doing, and what's its outlook? Well, I, I, I would say this much: that mining has been a uh, has put a damper on non-manufacturing in 2016. It kept the uh, sector from really performing well because it was pulling down on the overall. Uh, it was not just that one industry, but it was that that industry contributed to the sector not having as high an index as as it might be. And now, with mining uh, turning around due to some of the factors you mentioned, uh, it just contributes towards uh, the, the overall sector uh, performing at, at the level it's performing right now. You just need to convince the folks at ISM that you don't want mining anymore. It's a manufacturing thing, and throw it in the Brad's report. <laughs> <laughs> Except last year, you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're easily pushing around the company. So uh, I guess things are looking fairly well. As tracking also with the ISM manufacturing index. Uh, that is going very well. So overall, the economy is very strong. Um, and I know that you have a conference coming up that's now May in about three weeks in yes, the, uh, Orlando, Florida. Yes, and conference during that starts conference, on the 21st. Right, May 21 to 24. And you're going to be updating your semi-annual forecast that you, you released in December. You're going to be updating it in May. Is that right? Yes, uh, I'm pretty sure the release is on the 23rd for the semi-annual. Okay. Well, just as a point of information, we are going to be at booth 706 at the ISM event in Orlando, so we'll see you there. Are you guys going to be wearing those uh, blazers as warm as it might be in Orlando? It's called the Yellow Jackets. <laughs> yes, and uh, we have something under wraps, which we are actually going to announce and release at ISM. And we won't tell you what or or uh, anything beyond that. Uh, you're going to keep your report quiet until the 23rd, and we're going to keep our announcement quiet probably until the 23rd, and we'll have some fun at ISM. Great conference, by the way. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well. Anthony, is there anything in general as we wrap this up uh, that you want to share with our listeners about the non-manufacturing sector? Uh, you know, it's almost harder to do a good news report than it is to do a bad news report. That's so true. Uh, one thing to point out is uh, new export orders. Uh, we see a nice uptick there at 65.5, up from 62.5. And I perused the uh, comments from the respondents and uh, a lot of work being done outside the U.S., consulting, information, management of companies. Um, we, you know, we tend to um, export the the strategy and the even the technology mapping and strategy, even though the actual uh, work itself may be done uh, overseas. And that's one of the special questions that we have. Uh, it's somewhat related. One of the special questions that we have in the uh, semiannual report, which we will uh, report on uh, in, in toward the end of May, is companies, are they reshoring versus offshoring? How much are they reshoring? And that seems to be um, you know, a key uh, area of interest, especially with uh, uh, the current um, uh, uh, 
state of uh, the administration and their stance on uh, you know everything being American. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how our respondents uh, report on that. Well, it seems to be clear with the new export orders going up that the the uh, the U.S. the strength of the U.S. dollar is not uh, really negatively affecting our export order numbers. And I think you see that. Uh, prevalent for this sector because when you're exporting, uh, as we categorize knowledge management, uh, it, it's not a fixed to a, a commodity cost. And so you have a little more leeway in how you uh, price that out and how, uh, you know, how it relates to uh, things versus uh, having a, a hard line uh, raw material cost. What would you say the percentage of uh, export orders in the non-manufacturing area is consulting and uh, items of that nature? Uh, is, it, is it a significant number? I would say the majority of it. I don't. We don't break down that an actual percentage like that, but mm -hmm. uh, just in the areas that of what I mentioned, management of companies and professional scientific and technical services and information. Those are the things that you see outsourced uh, more so than anything for the non-manufacturing sector. That's, that's pretty interesting. <clears throat> well, Anthony, we appreciate you joining us at Manufacturing Talk Radio. Always uh, great to have this non-manufacturing report expressed to our listeners by the gentleman who chairs the committee that puts it together. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And we'll see you in Orlando. Looking forward to it. Okay, you take care now. You too. And we have been speaking with Anthony Nieves, who's the committee chair of the ISM's non-manufacturing report on business. You can find that report at instituteforsupplymanagement.org. Uh, there's usually a link to it from Manufacturing Talk Radio, which is mftalkradio.com, which is where all of our other shows are hosted in a library of information that our listeners can go and listen to and listen to back in time and see how things have changed or pick up on a particular piece of information that's in there that's key to their business. Lou, anything else you want to add before we sign off the air? No, I, I think that's uh, – I'm, I'm so excited about the numbers, and I'm excited about our little surprise event that we're planning for in Orlando. Uh, <laughs> and uh, matter of fact, is we're, we're probably going to be videoing it, so it's going to be on, the, on our website. And uh, we're just going to keep teasing everybody about it until it happens. So, no, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, begin to – you know, okay, you begin to see more and more uh, visual on uh, manufacturing talk radio, even though our birth was in uh, talk radio. We're going to be adding that visual element and more videos and more of a television piece. So we look forward to all of our listeners tuning in and dropping by to see uh, mfgtalkradio.com. Thank Thanks you for, for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. And we're out. Okay. Uh, Anthony, you still there? No, Anthony dropped. He's out. Okay. I, I guess you hit the, uh, the music button too quickly.
one second too soon. <laughs> well, it takes practice to become an expert. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You did better than uh, I, or does better than I. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. And then we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, All right. We'll, well, uh, we'll be talking later. Okay. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.